0: Well, Eddie, we are here in a hotel room in downtown San Francisco. And you just said before we started rolling there, buzzing for this weekend. You just get the feeling sometimes, don't you, that you're counting down to something special.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, when you look at our sort of American adventure, we've had massive nights with Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Golovkin and Dmitry Bivol and others. But this kind of feels a bit different, kind of like a new era of boxing, of course, with Devin Haney. A young man who was undisputed at 135 pounds, looking to really break out as one of the real star players of the sport. Regis progre who's been looking for this opportunity for a long time to be his own superstar. And he has an opportunity to catapult himself into all those mega fights. And to do it in San Francisco, to do it in front of a set-out crowd at the Chase Centre, the first time in history that there's been a fight at the Chase Centre, I can't remember the last time there was a big fight in San Francisco. The numbers, the interest, and just the anticipation for this mega fight feels really good. The whole card, the main event, you know, I can't wait for Saturday night.
0: We did the face-to-face in the breathtaking backdrop with the Golden Gate Bridge earlier on this week, and there was no real word said at all between Devin and Regis, and you got the feeling that they're both very much locked in. The teams, I think, will do the talking at today's press conference, but it's a fight for different reasons. You just alluded to there that neither man can bear the thought of losing. No,
1: you know, when there's such a big fight at this stage, very few fighters want to engage. Very few fighters want to exert that energy. Don't forget, Devin Haney is coming up to 140. Believe me, he's still cutting weight. I mean, he will still struggle at the 140 limit. 135 was, you know, crucifying for him physically, but he kept doing it because he had the world title, because he got the unification, the undisputed clash. I think he'll be more comfortable at 140, but still... You know you know that weight cut's going to be there. For Regis, I saw him last night, super chilled. You know, and for me, the press conference is kind of like the last chance before the weigh-in to get eye-to-eye with the fighters to really unearth that final narrative in the promotion. The promotion's been unbelievable. You know, you've got Bill, you've got Evans. So they can do the talking today. But it's the look in the eye that the two will give each other today that, that you know, there's not many of them left. And uh, I think both fighters are locked in for the moment of their career
0: as I always do ask for the final visualisation final prediction what they see as being the final moments of the fight for media day Devin's was I'm going to embarrass Regis Probre Regis was I don't just see myself knocking him out but knocking Devin out in emphatic fashion Mm. what do you see as the keys to victory for both?
1: I mean the ability to do everything you know Devin Haney both guys have strengths and weaknesses I think when you look at Devin's weaknesses if you like I don't know I mean I guess you can talk about power you know chin maybe but we don't really know just because he got rocked by Linares who can really punch you know he beat Lomachenko he beat Cambosas twice in Australia you know for for Regis can he deal with the movement can he deal with the skill he has bundles of skill himself and he can really crack really crack and Regis is the kind of guy that needs to be dialed in for a fight he's dialed in for this fight Training camp. Every now and again, you know, people talk about the Zerilla performance. It's a performance where you have no fear factor in the fight. I know Regis has been in camp every day dreaming a victory in this fight. And, you know, listen, Devin hasn't always looked fantastic against Southpaws, but he's a tremendous talent. And, you know, as the fight gets closer, you know, there was a real swell when this fight got announced about, you know, the, the favourite. Devin Haney in this fight as the fight gets closer and closer the amount of pundits the amount of industry people the amount of fight fans that are coming out and saying hmm not so sure actually and and I see a look in Regis Progray's eyes that tells me he means business
0: elsewhere on the card I think two men who will have a big eye on this main event is, of course, Montana Love and Liam Pyro. And I guess, you know, after the inactivity of both for injury and, and other reasons, it's a fight neither man can afford to lose at this stage.
1: No, and it's a fascinating matchup because when you look at the 140-pound division, there's guys everybed, everywhere clambering for a shot. And a lot of them are flying in on Saturday, whether that's Jack Catchell, whether that's Jose Ramirez, whether that's Richardson Hitchens, whether that's even Dalton Smith coming up in 2024. And all of those guys are looking to land a shot at whether it's the Haney Progray winner, you know, whether it's Matias, whether it's Teofimo Lopez. Montana Love against Liam Parro is a really important fight for the 140 pound division and for both men. Both men coming out off a big bout of inactivity, probably not as confident as they would be, having come in firing on all cylinders with a lot of activity. Liam Pyro is bang up for it. Montana Love is bang up for it. It's a really good 50 50, 140 pound matchup. And, you know, a must win for both men if they're going to progress and, and fight for the world crown.
0: You mentioned Jack Catchell there. We know he's in town this weekend, but it looks like he's going to be fighting Richardson Hitchens yet uh, next, rather, in a final eliminator. Can you talk about that? For maybe,
1: me? maybe. I mean, that fight's been ordered by the IBF. I think both guys, you know, they know that's a really tough fight for both. And both guys looking to land the bigger fight, if you like, and the shot. So if the shot doesn't come, that's definitely a fight that I think fight fans would be intrigued about. It's a very tough fight for both, you know, two highly skilled fighters across the Atlantic. And, you know, we'll look at that fight, but both guys really would prefer a straight shot at that world championship.
0: Now we know how good Andy Cruz is. Oozes, charisma, class. Such a, a cool bloke to be around, to be fair. I must admit, I've been a little bit starstruck of him this week. But this f- for a second professional fight, I'm not sure if everyone knows about. Giovanni Straffel, obviously we remember the the James Tennyson fight and the fight with Maxi Hughes, but a big step up and shows the direction he wants to move in.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's only really because people have seen the quality and the ability of Andy Cruz that we're not just looking at this run of fights going, wow. I mean, what other professional fighter, probably outside of Vasily Lomachenko, have you seen go into fringe world level... With Burgos, and this time a much tougher fighting in Straphon, a fresher guy, a guy that can really punch. You know, you saw him destroy James Tennyson, was it in a round? Yeah. And then obviously go on, he, he fought Maxi Hughes in a good fight in Leeds. Maxi was, you know, his movement was a bit too much for him. And, you know, this is a really tough, grueling 10-round fight against a tough Mexican that comes to fight. And this is what Andy Cruz is doing. You know, second fight at this level. And really, when you look at the belts freeing up in the 135-pound division, Andy Cruz wants to be right there in 2024. And I expect him to probably have one more fight if he comes through Straffon. And then he'll be ready for the world title. And, and this is going
0: to show us how ready he is. Very, very tough fight in just the second fight for Andy Cruz. And opening up the, the live design broadcast, Ebony Bridges, mm. first fight with Dave Coldwell, which I think was an interesting link-up, perhaps not one that people saw coming, but she says she feels rejuvenated and just looking forward to getting rid of that ring rust on Saturday.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a good fight. You know, Ishida, Ishida is a former world champion herself. If you look at her style, they both come out and, and like to really throw bombs. And I think it's going to be a fight that ends inside four or five rounds. I expect a statement from Ebony. I really do. You know, I think she's someone that's put the hard work in with Dave Caldwell. Um I think the improvements you can even see... You know, in the content you guys have been shooting, you can see how the movement's change. You can see how she's continuing to learn in the sport. We know she's very heavy-handed. She's very aggressive. And really, she needs to make a statement on Saturday and move forward into those unification fights in 2024. But a big stage, you know, a big stage for a lot of these fighters. 16,000 sellout at the Chase Centre in San Francisco. So... Everybody on the card has really, you know, won the jackpot, landing the spot and they must go out and perform and I expect Ebony to do that.
0: I asked Frank Smith this question yesterday on the Flash Knockdown podcast, but when you look at the end of the year you've had in in the UK, in Ireland and in America, then in Saudi, why was it so important to finish the year in the way you have done? Um,
1: Because we like to win, you know, and we like to be the best. And I think you've seen a lot of people step up to the plate this year. Just because we want to win doesn't mean that we don't want everybody else to do well or do good shows. I think the year that boxing has had, particularly in this back end, you know, we were lagging behind after six months and we wanted to finish strong. We wanted to be the best. We wanted to win the back half of the fight, if you like. And I think we've done that completely with this run. And you know, when you look at Katie Taylor and Mick Conlon and of course Haney Progray, don't forget Bam against Sunny next weekend and then Saudi Arabia Day of Reckoning. I don't think we've ever seen a schedule like it. And you know, the success that DeZona are having makes me feel great because when we came in, and the platform was launched, of course. There's a lot of naysayers, there's a lot of people that talk about the app and who wants to fight on the app, and now everybody wants to fight on the app. All the biggest nights are on the app. And the zone is well established as the, the global home of boxing. You know, if you if you like boxing, if you're a fight fan, you know, the, the first product you select is the zone. And they are becoming extremely successful in the space and the, the finish to the year is, is breathtaking.
0: They say competition is healthy. And you were just talking there about, you know, finishing the back half of the year strongly. What do you, What is your reaction, Eddie, to the news around PBC and, and Amazon Prime that everyone's been talking about this week?
1: Fantastic. I mean, you know, a new broadcaster into the mix, um, which is great. And it just shows existing broadcasters as well that the sport is vibrant. You know, the sport is appealing. The sport works, especially when you get it right. And that's what we've all got to push for in 2024 is to continue to get it right. I don't know the financials of the deal with Amazon, but on the outset, it sounds fantastic. And, you know, any broadcaster that appears and starts investing in the sport is great for the sport, great for other promotional companies, great for other networks as well. Because, you know, um, really without a big broadcast deal and without security for your fighters you're in a difficult spot as a promotional company. So we're very happy with ours. We know that our fighters have an incredible future. They have security. They have stability. They have the ability to be active, which is the most important thing. And yeah, we love our spot.
0: Heading into Arizona next week, we've seen Sonny, as he always is, causing a little bit of a stir on social media. Maybe mind games, a few antics, but what's been your verdict on the build-up to this fight and the anticipation for next week? Yeah,
1: maybe mind games, maybe nerves, Uh, maybe anticipation, excitement, all of those things, which should they should all be there. Um, You know, I think we have to understand that in boxing, this is one of the best fights that can possibly be be made. Um, They are two flyweights and it's very difficult to sometimes engage the casual audience, but that's okay because this is the breakout fight for both in terms of making that next step to the mega fights. This for me is, arguably the best fight of the year. I think every fight fan knows that. And I think next week, they're going to shine in Phoenix. Um, it's another great card, a massive British contingent, of course, in that card with Janae Boston and Peter McGrail and Fire. Yafai. Um, but that fight is one I cannot wait for. And, and, you know, people keep asking me, what's your opinion on how that fight will go? I have absolutely no idea. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't surprise me if Sonny Edwards won every round. And it wouldn't surprise me if Bam Rodriguez walked him down and stopped him inside six. I, I just don't know. They they are both so confident going into that fight. It's the best feed of best, and it's what we want in boxing.
0: You posted, Eddie, um, a bit of news about doing a promo shoot about the day of reckoning. and Can you tell us what exactly you were doing? Because we've heard a, a few rumours. But it's safe to say the promotion for this fight is we've seen the pictures recently around the table. Nothing really like we've seen before.
1: Yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but I mean... the you know, the promo that we shot last week was one of the, you know, the the strangest, the most exciting, uh, the most creative for sure and definitely the most expensive promo I've ever been a part of. Um, you know, I, I think we're all excited when boxing receives this amount of investment and interest and passion and I know that, you know, a lot of people talking their comments about thanking his excellency and turkey al-sheik you know but this is someone that is bringing a real fresh approach to the sport and to bring people together to bring promoters together that really don't like each other i mean that's not you know we're not just because we're working with each other don't mean we're going to share mince pies on boxing day right but we all care about the sport and we all see an opportunity for our fighters and for our business, but for the sport, to do something different and to see it get that kind of attention and investment in terms of the promotion of the event. Again, you talk about DAZN, you talk about Amazon. This is alerting broadcasters and the world of the potential of our sport. When we get it right and when we sell the narrative and when we're creative enough to engage the audience, for me, it's the greatest sport in the world. And the Day of Reckoning is a card that I still you know I mean I look at the card and I think it's probably got four fights too many but congratulations you know it's just from top to bottom an incredible night of boxing and the future of the sport under that kind of investment there are no boundaries to how great it can be and you know from from the promo and the artwork and everything just the vision you know it's a it's a night I can't wait for. In fact, I've been on cloud nine the last couple of weeks, you know, and I think moving forward over these next three weeks, fuck. All oh, right, can you come back, please? Thank you. That's the beauty of a one-take interview. Sorry, carry on. Oh, we we, we just leaving that in, are we? Okay, can you just bleep the, my swearing out? Thank you. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I've never seen it run like this. I love it. I, I can't tell you how, like, this week makes me feel. To see us, you know, I, I could always call us a little promotional company from Essex, but let's be honest, we're the absolute governors. But to be out here and roll the dice in San Francisco and sell out an arena like this, for a fight like this, you know, this is this is what happens when a real promotional company gets its teeth into a big fight.
0: Blacked the way into the basketball last night. I think it's going to be it, incredible.
1: You've had oh. it off full stop. I mean, you can't, I don't know what you even came into the business as, but next thing, you're doing the the interviews in the ring after. I think you're starting to become poached by other media outlets. You're swanning around San Francisco at the Warriors game. I mean, congratulations, you've had it off. But I'm delighted for you.
0: Thanks, Ed. Living the dream. Thank you, mate. Um, Just a quick one on the last couple of weeks you mentioned there, you're still buzzing. I think as we all are, I know Brian Peters is out here with Liam Parra and Beatrice Ferreira, but I imagine over dinner... Has there been a few conversations about what Katie's thinking about yeah. what could be next? Yeah, last night
1: you know we were already in meetings with various sites and venues and arenas about Katie's next fight that we all want to go to croke Park but we're also two or three other conversations with with stadiums in Ireland um and yeah you know I don't think it'll be too long before plans unfold for Katie's next fight could be her last in Ireland um but again you know we'll, we'll get it right and you know, you've got a man Serrano, you've got Chantel Cameron, you've got a couple of other interesting options as well, but we, we want the biggest fight possible for next spring summer.
0: And we saw a very emotional interview with Dave Coldwell earlier this week, talking about his good friend Jordan Gill. And I think that's an interview, isn't it, with Jordan that I think in in boxing we always like to see the the good people have success. It doesn't always happen, but that was one of those examples I think with Jordan
1: yeah and you know his his interview after obviously it's gone viral but just reminds people that you never really know do you you know and, and dave you know it shocked me I, I i mean i'm not close to jordan like that I, I think he's a lovely young man and we always try and give him the best opportunities but obviously i didn't know about it we didn't know about it as a company and, and when you hear dave say that he didn't know about it either and he's a, a lot closer To Jordan so it just gives you a reminder to people that you never really know because people don't open up that much you know and I think especially as a fighter I think that that's one of the most compelling parts of the interview is everyone's got a perception of a fighter that they might not struggle in those kind of areas you know they're fit, they're strong they're tough they go to war in a ring and they can overcome anything but all of those things are true but you know, there's nothing more difficult to overcome than depression or mental health. And I think by Jordan sharing that story, it allows mere mortals, like the rest of us, to say that if someone like that's struggling, if someone who's so strong and you know can walk into an arena and fight another man is struggling in those areas, then it's okay to share it. And I think it's a very powerful message. But just a reminder to people that, you know, you never really know what people are going
0: through. And I guess on the flip side of victory is the impact of defeat. Have you had any conversations with with Michael or Jamie Conlon?
1: Not yet. I, I know Frank has spoke to Jamie and, you know, I think it's very difficult to walk away from the sport and Team Conlon will feel we just shouldn't be losing to Jordan Gill. You know, and I, that's no disrespect to Jordan Gill because I thought he was sensational. But in their mind, they want to go and become a... T- well... Try and become a challenge for a two division championship, if you like. And it's very difficult to not want to run that back if you're Michael Conlan, you know? Um, but only they will truly know how much he has left in the tank because you will know in training and you will know in sparring. And listen, if he's, if he's looked great in camp and then went in there and got caught in that second round or, and never really recovered. Okay, can you talk yourself into another roll of the dice? But if you've struggled in training, if you've struggled in sparring, you will know if the fighter isn't the same. And only Jamie and Michael and Pedro Diaz will know the truth of that. If they feel like there's another roll of the dice
0: there, you know maybe they may
1: they may go again. But certainly difficult to come back from.
0: Last couple of night, you're a busy man, busy schedule today. A quick one on Connor, Ben. If I don't ask you, people get the hump. Uh, we see Connor every day on social media. What is the, the very latest on that front? Uh,
1: I mean, look, nothing's changed from the last few days, but other than time. So we want to confirm and, and sign his next fight by Monday. And that's all I can tell you.
0: We look forward to news on that. And I do have to ask you about the fight day 5K. It's a bit more on the line. Uh, what can you tell us and how... I spoke to Frank yesterday. How is your mindset heading into what is a, a massive, massive day for you? Well, you
1: know, you talk about the schedule. I mean, it doesn't get any bigger than the fight day 5K this Saturday in San Francisco because our partners at Bet Online have, have, you know, created a market. Firstly, how am I at minus 500? I mean, that's outrageous. I'm 44 years old. I'm 16 and a half stone and Frank, he's like, what, 30? I mean, he's also about 15 stone but... It's an even money race. You know, I had this men's health shoot. I've been eating a lot the last couple of weeks. I haven't run that much. But I'm also prepared physically to do whatever it takes to achieve victory on Saturday. I mean, that is also something that could put me in hospital, could actually take me out of the fight that night because I'm so stubborn and such a competitor that you cannot rule out a cardiac arrest on Saturday in this race.
0: He thinks he's got you at a good time.
1: He's got me at a great time. And that's why I think the odds are very unfair. But what happens is I go off like a train. He laughs and says, look how fast he's going. And then with 1K to go, that is the moment. We should actually stream the last K on pay-per-view because that's the moment where he's going to see me waddling along. I'm going to be blowing out my backside. And it's just whether he can catch me in that last K. But the problem is, is my best is 22-11. That was a bit of a weird one, but 22.39 is another one of my best. He can't run that speed, but I'm not sure I can either. But for anybody rolling the dice with me on Saturday, all I can do is tell you I'll give it my all. You know, I won't be lacking in heart. I won't be lacking in will. I'll lay everything on the line for fans and supporters and and punters. I can't guarantee victory. I can guarantee you my heart and soul.
0: We are going to be live on the finish line for post-race interview. So much to look forward to this week. I'm I'm going full
1: 118. You know that advert, yeah? I'm going to buy a vest. I want the headband and all that kind of stuff. I also need one of those things that you put your phone in because I always run with my phone. And people have been messaging me saying, I reckon they could take 10 or 20 seconds off my speed by putting my phone away and not running with it. So any other advice, let me know.
0: So much to look forward to this weekend in the build-up to a massive fight. Eddie Hearn versus Frank Smith. And then, of course, Devin Haney versus Regis Progray. Eddie, thanks so much for your time, as always, and enjoy today.